Would you bow your heads and pray together with me? Lord God, I pray that the words I'm about to speak and the thoughts that we think as we meditate together on your word for us tonight, Lord, I pray that that would all be truly acceptable in your sight, O oh God, who is indeed our rock and our redeemer, who gives us good gifts, the gift of your presence in our lives. Amen. So in 1965, I was in second grade, and uh, the mid-60s was a time of a lot of turmoil in our country. A lot of things were changing, and there was one particular thing that was changing that was driving my mother crazy, and that was the length of men's hair. <laughs> I remember one time we saw the Beatles on TV. I don't think that was in 65. I think it was a little earlier than that, and all my mom could talk about was how disgusting their hair was. Now, I became my mom's personal rebellion against that trend. In fact, this was getting too long for my mom. And so, with great frequency, she would sit me down in the kitchen, tie a towel around my neck, get out her clippers, and give me what she called her buzz cut. Now, every time that that happened, the next morning at school, I would get teased. And I remember one particular day during second grade in 1965, as I said, when I had gotten the buzz cut treatment the night before. And, uh, and so I was determined to keep my cub hat firmly on my head as long as possible that day. Now, it was Wednesday, which is the day we went to chapel. And somehow I was able to get away with sitting in the classroom with my hat on during morning attendance uh, during morning lunch count, and then lined up on the way to chapel. And I actually made it into chapel at Apostles Lutheran School with my cub hat still firmly on my head. I was sitting in about the sixth row right in front of the pulpit. And uh, we began the service. We uh, sang the opening hymn. I think we were using matins from the old TLH, the old Lutheran hymnal, you know, the one where you had to flip back and forth to sing part of the liturgy, Right? And I made it through all that, still wearing my cub hat. Now it came time for the sermon. Now, Pastor Bartling was our pastor in those days, and I was scared to death of Pastor Bartling. He was, let's say, stern, okay? So he gets up and he begins preaching. He's about a third of the way through his message, and he looks out and he stops mid-sentence. Mark Schultz, you get your hat off in the house of the Lord. I remember that moment vividly, <laughs> 50 plus years later. Now, here's my question for you tonight. Was he right? I mean, not in calling me out for keeping my hat on in church. Yeah, he was right to do that, but... Uh, but is this the house of the Lord? Now, at first, I'm sure you're going to say, well, of course it was. Your pastor said so. And question, right? No, but, 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 but think about it. I mean, we, we do hear in Psalm 122, the psalmist say this, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Sure sounds like this is the house of the Lord. But it's also true if we read on, when we get to the book of Acts and we hear Stephen preaching this amazing sermon right before he is stoned to death, Stephen says this. 
He says, it was until the days of David who found favor in the sight of God and asked him to find a dwelling place for the God of Jacob, but it was Solomon who built a house for him. And then Stephen says this, but the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands. God doesn't live in a church, he says. So is it the house of the Lord or not? What changed from when the psalmist said, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord, to when Stephen said, hey, God doesn't live in buildings made by human hands. Well, first of all, let's remember what the psalmist was talking about. He was talking about a very special house of the Lord. He was talking about the temple, the temple that that David had asked God to build. He said, God, I don't like that you're still living in a tent, and I've got this beautiful palace. Let me build a house for you. And God said, no, I'm going to build your house, David. I'm going to build you these amazing generations. And then Solomon comes along and says, but God has said, I can build that house from him. And he builds this beautiful temple. And and we're told that when the temple was um, completed, the presence of God did indeed descend on this place called the Holy of Holies. Do you remember what was there in the Holy of Holies? There was this thing uh, called the Ark of the Covenant. And, uh, And on the top of the Ark of the Covenant was a place called the Mercy Seat. And that was seen as kind of like the throne of God there in his house, the temple. But then Jesus comes along, and by the way, this temple's gone, isn't it? It was, it was destroyed, it was torn down. And, and the Ark of the Covenant wouldn't be found till Indiana Jones came along years later. No. no, the Ark of the Covenant is gone too, right? But, but there was a rebuilt temple in Jesus' day. And in fact, King Herod had, had worked tirelessly for over 40 years to, to rebuild the temple and make it an amazing place. Now, they didn't have the Ark of the Covenant, but they did have in the Holy of Holies, they believed, another symbol of the connection between heaven and earth. They believed there they had the stone that Jacob had laid his head on when he had his famous dream of angels ascending and descending on this ladder into heaven. The house of the Lord. But look at what Jesus says, he told those who sold pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. He's cleared the temple and he does refer to that temple as his father's house. So the Jews say to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? And Jesus says, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And of course, they think he's talking about the building around him. And they say, it's taken us 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it up in three days. But, John tells us, Jesus wasn't talking about that temple. He was talking about himself. On another occasion, remember now what they believed was in the Holy of Holies, the stone that Jacob laid his head on. On another occasion, Jesus is talking to his disciples, who he's called and they see him doing amazing things, and they're, they're amazed. And, and Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open, and you will see the angels of God ascending and descending. They think he's talking about the temple again, but what does he say? On me, on the Son of Man. And then 
On another case where the religious leaders are accusing Jesus' disciples of breaking the, the Sabbath laws, he says to them, have you not read in the law how the Sabbath, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. Jesus was talking about himself. And then Jesus said this. He said, if you want to go to God's house, if you want to be where God is, he says, anywhere two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus says, there am I among them. And then later in Revelation, he'll say this, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. And then finally, later in Revelation, we hear this voice from heaven say, behold, the dwelling place of God is with Man, he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. So, is this the house of the Lord? Well, yeah. Pastor Bartling was right. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, and that's what we are tonight, right? Then there he is with us. Jesus is here with us, and whatever, wherever Jesus is, that's the temple, that's the house of the Lord. But let me ask you this. Tomorrow, when you gather at your own home or at a relative's home around the turkey and all its trimmings, is that the house of the Lord? Yes. Where two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus says. There am I among them. See, folks, the thing we celebrate is, you know, in Jesus' day, they believed there was only one place to go see God, and that was the temple far away in Jerusalem. But Jesus comes and he says, no, I am the presence of God. I'm the temple. I'm your link to heaven, to my Father. So wherever I am, Jesus says, there you'll see my Father. And he makes that same promise to you and to me. So gathering together to worship God in church is a good thing. And, and this is the house of the Lord. And we celebrate being together in God's presence tonight. We're going to receive Jesus' body and blood from this altar in just a little bit. We celebrate that we're in God's house. But you'll be in God's house tomorrow too. When you gather in your home. When you gather together with family and friends. When you... Invite Jesus to be a part of that gathering. That's God's house too. But tonight we want to think about people for whom that's impossible. See, there are way too many people that don't have a home to gather in tomorrow. They, they don't have a place where they can gather and know that just as God exists at their local church, he also exists there among them in their home. That's why our congregation has for many, many years now worked hard to try to help the homeless problem here in our community. We've been blessed to partner with DuPage Pads, Public Action to Deliver Shelter, for a number of years now. Um, during, the, during the school year, helping out as other sites as we go and staff, and during the summer, we've been a pad site where folks that don't have a home can come and be in a place where they are warm, where they're safe, where they have food. And that's been an incredible blessing for our congregation. But we feel like God is calling us to do something even more. And there's this wonderful ministry here in our community called Bridge Communities. 
Literally, their mission is connecting homeless families to a better future. Families who are homeless can apply, and, and, and they select as many as they can, and they put them up in housing for a couple of years. Someone basically adopts that family for two years, and, and um, they have mentors that come along and help train and, and equip them, uh, get them the education they need, the, whatever budget or systems they need, so that at the end of that two years, they are back on their feet, and they have a home. And so... We feel like God has called us as a church family to do something about that, to, to take the next step in helping with the homeless problem. And so we've committed that we're going to host a family for these next two years. And, uh, and, and we did that not quite knowing where the money was going to come from to do that because, you see, we, we have some leaders. We have some people that are ready to lead the ministry. We have some people that have been trained as mentors so that we have that part covered. But we, we needed 12 grand a year to make this happen. And we weren't sure where that money was going to come from because we didn't budget for that. And so we decided what we were going to do is we were going to take our Thanksgiving offering this year. And we were going to, we were going to dedicate at least that towards this thing. So, so our entire Thanksgiving offering this year that normally would have just gone into our general fund is going to go uh, to help bridge communities. Because we believe that families like this one, I love this quote, this mom of three kids says, my future is now bright thanks to Bridge and my mentors. We wanted to be a part of that. We wanted to help a family like that. Now, by the way, uh, we did a little math. We went back and looked, and over the last 10 years, our Thanksgiving is a- offering has averaged about $4,000. So we knew we were going to have to do better than that. And so we, we announced it early, and we challenged people, and we said whatever money comes in at our Thanksgiving uh, Eve offering in our service tonight or, or whatever is given in advance online or, or um, through the offering of putting their Thanksgiving envelope in the plate, we said we're going we're gonna to use that. We were hoping and praying uh, that, that we would, by the way, the highest we ever had was 8,000, I think about eight years ago. We were hoping we'd have the highest ever, and we'd get to that 12,000. By the way, we're over 20,000 already. Isn't that amazing? I was sitting there when uh, Ralph was reading this before, and I just couldn't help but think of this. Um, You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Praise God. Thanksgiving to God for your generosity, for the generosity of God's people. We're going to be able to sponsor that family, and who knows? See, we'll see what the offering's like tonight. Maybe we can sponsor a second family. Wouldn't that be amazing if we could do that? We are blessed. We are blessed that God has provided so much through us. And so tonight I couldn't help but thinking that as I came here tonight and I was looking forward to telling you where we are already at and looking forward to just celebrating what God is doing among us, that we are indeed entering through his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We praise God for what he has done in and through us. But one last thing for you to think about. So um, Pastor Bartley called this the house of the Lord. We most often call it church, right? Did you ever think about that word? Ever think about where that word comes from? Well, it, it actually comes from an old English word, sirisa, or that comes from an old Saxon word, kirika, which actually comes from a German word, kirka. I see some of you that know German nodding your heads. You get that, right? Right? Um, which actually comes from a Greek word, kiriaka, which comes from the actual phrase kiriaka doma, which means the Lord's house, the house of the Lord. We're back there again. 
So when you go to church, you're going to the house of the Lord. But when you go home, you're going to the house of the Lord. When you gather together in Jesus' name, you go to the house of the Lord. So praise God and thank him that we have homes to go to this year. And I pray that he'll bless us as we seek to help others have their own house of the Lord to go to as well. Amen.